Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. In the camp, we learned the principle of living in abundance. And I really encourage all of you, if you missed the camp or missed certain sermons, please get the CD or download the MP3 from podcast. I really want to encourage you to listen to those sermons. Really, really important. If you don't listen, you will miss a lot. We learned about God is our provider. And if you can listen to that, we will build your faith and you will not have to worry about your life anymore because God is your provider. We learn about God as provider. And we also learn that our God is a God of abundance. He is the excessive God. He's not a conservative God. I mentioned in the camp that if you try to tell me to be conservative, I go against God because our God is not a conservative God. He is a God of more than enough. He's a God who breaks the nets. He's a God who sinks the boat because too many fish. He is the God that feeds 5,000 people and still have 12 baskets full left over. He is an excessive God, more than enough God. Amen? So if you don't know your God, it's very difficult for you to walk with Him. You need to know who God is. But from today on, I will start to teach you how to live in abundance. We know about God already. Now we need to know what we need to do. Because it's not only up to God whether we are saved to go to heaven or not. It's not only up to God whether we are healed or not. Don't throw responsibility to God alone. Because we need to know our part of the equation, what we need to do. It's not only up to God whether we will prosper or not. We need to do something about it. We need to respond. We need to obey the Lord in order to see the provision from God, in order to see the life of abundance more than enough. Amen? How many people want to know what we need to do? And again, it's one thing about coming to church to learn all the stuff, all the truth, and go home and put on the shelf. If you just know the truth, that truth cannot set you free. What you need to do is to know the truth and practice the truth and do what he say. People always quote, the truth shall set you free. What Jesus means is that the truth that you practice will set you free, not just the truth that decorates your brain. Amen? The hearer of the word will not have victory, but the hearer and the doer of the word will have victory. I'm a Hebrew style. You know Hebrew style means. The Greek style means decorate your brain with a lot of knowledge. But I am a Hebrew style. I want to know and I want to do it. I don't want to be a Christian that just know a lot but don't do anything about it. I want to really become a 100%, 200% Christian. I'm going to do what God says. Amen. If you're going to become a Christian, let's do become 100% Christian, not half-hearted Christian. Amen. So we're going to learn the first principle in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. 
so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. You can see, verse 10 say that your barns will be filled, your bank account will be filled, your home will be filled with food, your refrigerator will be full of food and things that you need in your life, and. Your vats will overflow with new wine. You will not lack anything. You live in abundance because the principle is honor the Lord with your possession. Many times when we talk about honor in this society, our meaning denotes something that is not what the Bible says. A lot of people think that the word honor means giving somebody a title. I want a title. I want to be called reverend, uh, pastor, care group leader, worship leader. They want the title to be honored. Nothing wrong about having a title. Some people think that honor means to stand up and clap for somebody. <laughs> Nothing wrong about standing up and clapping for somebody. But what we are talking here is just a part of what the Bible tries to give definition of honor. Everyone say, honor the Lord. So from today, for the next few Sundays, we're going to learn how to honor the Lord so that our vats will be full, will be overflowing, so that our bank account will not be shortage or in the red, so that we can live in prosperity and abundance. How many people want to be poor in this room? Raise your hand up. How many people want to live in abundance? Raise your hand up. How many people want to live a life that you can write a big check to give to the poor? How many people want to live a life that you can write a big check to give to the mission fund? I want to do that. If people come and ask me, you need help? Okay, this is it. I want to live that kind of lifestyle. I don't want to be poor and lacking and just get by every day. I want to live a life of abundance. So what we need to do is to hear the truth and practice the truth. Every time you come to church, I want to encourage you one thing. Every time you come to church, don't come just to get into the motion and get finished, get done with this to, today religious duty. No. We don't come to church just to finish the religious duty. We come to church to change, to hear the truth. And when we go home, we should think on the way home when you drive, you say, what should I do differently for my life? What should I decrease? What should I increase? Amen? Maybe some of you, after you listen to the sermon, you may say, I may need to decrease watching too much movie, too many movies. Maybe some of you say, I may need to increase saying nice things to my wife. Something like that. You need to say, what are I going to stop? What are I going to do more? What are I going to increase? And what are I going to decrease in my life? So let the Word of God change your lifestyle, the way you live, the way you talk, the way you act. So don't just hear the sermon for fun, but to change your life. According to the Bible, if you study the whole Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, you can see that the word honor in the Bible is connected to doing things for somebody materially. When you honor somebody, you're doing something for that person financially or materially. You remember the wise men that went to visit Jesus after he was born. 
Did wise men come with bare hand, or just come and say, "Oh, singing some Christmas song"? He, they did not come to sing Christmas song. They came with gifts to honor the King of the Universe. In First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, when King David honored the Lord in the temple dedication, what did he do? He pulled out money from his own treasury. And he pulled money out of the king treasury and gave it to the Lord. And everyone give. I challenge you to go and read that First Chronicle chapter twenty-nine. They talk about giving, rejoicing joyfully. Everyone just so happy to honor the Lord financially. So, according to the Bible, every time the Bible talks about honor, it talks about giving. It talks about doing something in a tangible way to. Another person. That's real honor, according to the Bible. Honoring somebody means to give and give and give. I want to say that man is not our source. God is our source. Amen. The Bible never say, "Let your request be made known unto your partners, unto your wife, unto your friends, and to your pastor." The Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God." So the one that we should honor is God for sure, and then God will tell us how to honor Him. That we're going to learn next time. Today I just give you introduction about honoring God. We need to honor God because the source is God. God is the one who opened the door for the new job, for the promotion. Not our boss, actually, not anybody. In fact, I want to share testimony a little bit. I finished training as a neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon, in 1982, and I really wanted to come to America to get the second training. I sent about 20 applications to all the country, but all of my application paper or Thrown into the garbage can because I came from another land. I was not American graduate, but God knows my need. He foresee that I need to plant this church one day. He foresee that I need a job to work in Seattle. He knows that I need to become both neurosurgeon and a pastor at the same time. Two days ago. One of my patients said, "Thank you so much for preaching without compromise." And I said, "Because I am a neurosurgeon, I'm not just a pastor. I don't need to worry about what people think about me." So thank God I'm a neurosurgeon and preaching the gospel without compromise. God foresee what can happen. At the time I my feet hit Seattle, step into Seattle, God already arranged something for me that my boss was a American Jewish man that came here two years before me, and he loved foreigner like me. Not only that, before that, the boss before that never hired any foreigner. Period. Zero in University of Washington, the Department of Neurosurgery. Then never, he never the old boss. This boss came in two years before I show up. Not only that, the year I show up, he lost one of his worker. One of the worker resigned. I stepped into the room in his office at the right timing that he needs somebody. I came here without even a paper to show that I'm a doctor. No paper, zero paper. 
no application. I walk in and say, I want to be trained here. He said, Yes, come. I I need help. I need a body to help me, but no salary. I have not no budget for foreign doctors. And a few days later, I talked to his secretary. His secretary say, Oh, I remember you. I throw your paper, your application in the garbage can. I remember who you are. The paper never, never even went to my boss because I'm come from foreign land. God knows my need because I honor Him. After that, I never miss church. I still pay tithe. I still serve God. I actually serve God by being evangelist at the beginning, open home and call people in to preach the gospel. I was not a pastor at the time. And I pray to God, God, you need to feed me. I cannot feed my, my wife and my uh, daughter, Tanida, with no salary. What happened? God knew. God foresee. He saw things ahead of time. What going to happen? Six months later, a neurosurgeon disappeared from Children's Hospital. And my boss wanted to take the Children's Hospital. So the veteran hospital lacked neurosurgeon. You know who's going to go? This guy. He sent me to Veteran Hospital to take, to take care of that hospital. I got paid for six months. After six months, I got paid. You see how God takes care of you. He is a provider. Money doesn't come from man, but come from God. God twists the arm of my boss to give to me. After six months, we resigned a new contract. He says, sorry, Varun, or Dr. Lau, they call me mom at that time. Mom, my nickname. We don't have any budget for you next year. We're all full. We have all American residents, all American doctors come in. If you want to stay, zero money. I talked to Da. I was a little bit depressed, but I believe God is my provider. We say we're going to believe God that God's going to provide us again. He, if he came through so many times, he's going to come through for us this time. You know what happened? I signed a contract already. The contract says salary is zero. Scary. Six days before the new contract starts. July 1st is the first day of new contract. My junior resident ran to me at the veteran hospital. He said, Mom, I have the good news. The guy who's going to come back from Japan who is doing research over there, quarrel with your boss, with our boss, and say, I will not come back. And at that time, that guy didn't know that I was here. He did not know. So he thought that he hold a better card that my boss is going to have to yield to him because he's going to come back as a highest chief resident that take care of the whole program for my boss so my boss can do research. So when he said, I'm not coming back to you, he thought my boss was going to say, please come back, I need you. He said, fine. You know who is next? Mom. Mom took that place to be the chief resident of the whole program and I got salary again. Let's give hand to God. Six months later, he signed a contract with me. Stay for the whole seven years and graduate to become a board-certified neurosurgeon in America. He accepted me into the program, full program. I give you this testimony to show you that God is our provider. Don't worry. If you are faithful to God, you honor God, God's going to take care of you. Amen?
Your boss is not the one to give you raise. God is going to work in your boss's life. He's going to twist the arm of your boss to give you a raise. You just honor God and trust God. How do we honor God? I want to read one scripture here to show you. Matthew 6.33. Everyone knows this scripture. Very famous scripture. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What does it mean first? People who know English in this room, can you tell me what does it mean first? Priority. Okay. First means come first before anything else. Is that right? Okay. So when you seek God first, it means your thing is the second or third. Is it true? You cannot have two firsts at the same time. You have only one first, either you or God. If God is first, it means you are second. So this is the most difficult thing for most Christians in the world to put God first. But God promised us that if we put God first, all these things, money, residence, the place to stay, spouse, anything that you need and you want in your life will be added unto you. But you need to make decision that God is first. Selfishness and self-centeredness is the biggest obstacle for God's prosperity. One, one of the reasons that a lot of people are living in poverty and lack because they don't put God first. So let me explain to you in a practical way. You cannot give away money or anything in your life, time, energy, your, open your home, whatever. You cannot give away anything in your life that you spend for yourself first. In other words, you cannot spend the same amount of money, the same amount of time, twice. How many people agree with me? If right now I pull out $100 and give to you, can I spend that again? No. I can only give one time and that $100 is gone. So that's what it means when God say, honor me first. In, so in your life, you need to make a choice. Everyone say choices. We need to make choice how you're going to spend time. <laughs> how you're going to spend money. Is you first or God first? Amen? If you say, I'm going to spend whatever I want, my time, my money, and then I believe God going to give to me after I spend. That is a wrong idea. The idea is you give to God first. The first fruit of your increases. God come First, every time I draw money out of my corporation, I have a corporation as a doctor, I never get, get that money into my account first and then put in into the charitable account. Every time I tell my banker, say, cut the money or transfer money, right away, the money for God go to another account for, the, for giving to the church or giving to any ministry. I cut in there first, even though that account has no interest at all. I don't care about interest. You know why? I want to practice the Bible. I want to honor God first. I don't want to save that money a little bit to get interest for myself. That money belongs to God. I don't want to touch it. I give to God first. You cannot have God 
you cannot have yourself before God and you say I gonna have abundance in life. God say God come first. Let me ask this question: When you have a need in your life, what should you do? Who come first? God first. Is that right? When I was a resident, I did not have money, but God come first. I still go to church. I still pay my money. I still pay money to God. I still open the house to evangelize. I still serve God. I never stop serving God. I always still follow God and honor God first. Never stop. And this is an absolute spiritual law that you need to practice if you want to live in abundance. Honor the Lord your God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. A lot of people read this scripture and say, oh, I think by luck I'm rich. But maybe God discriminate me. That's why I'm poor. Actually, that's, you cannot just read that scripture and make a conclusion. As I say, whatever happened to you is your choice too. You are responsible for your decision. I always give this example. I give all of my kids the same chance of going to school, having education, having the same home to live. I never discriminate any of my kids. Tani, Da, Joy, Paul have the same chance to be blessed by me. But is that choice whether they go to school or not? Is that choice whether they want to study hard or not? Is that choice whether they're going to be a, a godly person or not? I cannot force them, but I give them the same chance of getting blessed by me, by the parents. You see my point? The same thing God actually wants to bless everybody. He say, I come to give life and give it more abundantly. But not every kid in the church, I mean spiritual kid in the church, want to choose to follow God's way. That is the choice. Don't blame God. Don't blame anybody. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 say, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but, I want to emphasize this one, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. So this true scripture says that God look on earth. He see that person is good in his sight, righteous. Love him, obey him, follow his command, honor him, doing the right thing. Always die to their own flesh and doing the right thing. God say, okay, I'm going to get money from this and give to you. So actually, yes, God make you rich. God make you prosper. But what you need to do is to make God happy, to please God, to be able to, when you stand before God, God can say, you are righteous. God can say that you do good in my sight. Can God say that to you, that you're doing good in his sight? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read a story of a person who despised the things of God. 1 Samuel 2, 12 to 15. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fresh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. 
then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the fresh hook brought up. So this priest do corruption. They took the offering for themselves before the Lord. They did not honor the Lord. Also, before they burned the fat. The priest servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, "Give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take boy meat from you but raw." And if the man said to him, "They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires," he would then answer, "No, but you must give it now, and if not, I will take it by force." Therefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. This is a story of two men. It's interesting. Faith and honoring God are not automatically transferred by osmosis. What I try to say is this: You may grow up in a house that the dad and mom love God so much. Very godly, very sincere, serve God, but you don't get anything, and you still rebel against God. Oh, you may be in a such a good church with a good pastor, good ministry, very sincere, very anointed, very good church, but after sitting here for ten years, you still don't get it, and you still have the same bad attitude, and never change, because. The heart it chew is not osmosis; it's a decision. And I hope that no one in this room gonna be like these two young men. Amen. You need to honor the Lord, and don't do anything like these two young men. They did not honor the Lord. Make the Lord so angry with them. The Bible say in Hosea four nine, like people, like priests. Normally, whatever happened. In a local church, the members gonna be like the leaders, and that's why we have to watch our life carefully, because people gonna be like you, like the leadership in the church. People in this church love to worship, because the pastor love to worship. Amen. People love the word because I love the word. People love the fire of God because I love the fire of God. Like people, like priests. So we need to be careful what kind of Leadership we are following. Look at verse 22 to 25. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his son did to all Israel, and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, "Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress." If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father, because the Lord desires to kill them. Wow. The Lord was going to punish them. In this story, Eli did not deal with their sons in the right way. They just say, "Okay, cool down, don't do that." But he did not take action of discipline. He should have said, "Sons, if you don't stop this, 
I will take you off from your position. You have to leave. You have to get out of my house because you are despising the things of the Lord. Eli was a weak leader. Actually, when I read this scripture, I repented, and God said, "You have to be strong leader." Amen. And I will do my best to be stronger leader. I don't want to be like Eli. So from today on, you're going to see Pastor Lao change. Be careful. I'm going to deal with you strongly. I'm kidding. 26 to 29, and the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. And a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus said the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire. Why do you kick at my sacrifice? You see, God considers sacrifice or offering equal to what? Honor. In his eyes, the offering that we give to him, either money or time, he considers honoring him or not. Made by fire. Why do you kick my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place? and honor your sons more than me, to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. So a prophet came and rebuked Eli, that this is wrong. You did not honor me, because your son took the best first and gave me the rest. Okay? Verse 30 to 36. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel say, I say indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord say, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. How many people want to be honored by God? You want God to honor you? Okay. What do you do? Honor God first. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house and you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall not be an old man in your house forever. But any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart. And then he continued, go on and on that. That family going to be punished by the Lord because they did not honor the Lord. The Bible says, God will honor those who honor Him. And those who despise Him shall be lightly esteemed. What does it mean, despise? The word despise doesn't mean detest something or are disgusted with something. Like, yeah, like this, like disgusting. No. The word despise in the Bible here mean lack of appreciation, fail to see the value of something. For example, if right now I lay hand on somebody and that person gets healed, the ear open, and you sit there, so what? Another person gets healed. I'm not excited. That is called despising. 
you see the things of God and you say, so what? I don't care. God considers that despising him. A failure to honor what God says important is to despise God. A good example of despising God is Esau. Esau had the birthright. He has the birthright. He, he can be ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he despised the birthright. He said, I don't care about this birthright. I want the soup, a cup of soup. And what happened? He became the ancestor of the Edomite. Wicked people. Instead of being an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he despised the things of God. So in the eyes of God, the word despise means to mean a failure to value, a failure to respect, a failure to esteem what God esteems. We need to constantly renew our mind and know what God esteems and what God sees important. To me, God sees the church is important. The name of Jesus is important. The word is important. His servant is important. Every time I read any website or any blog that attack any servant of God, it bothers me. Because these people don't understand that they are despising God directly. God sees his servant important. Do you know that apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teachers are the gift to the body of Christ? They are the gift. You understand the gift me. Jesus himself gave this gift to the church. And any time you despise the gift of God, you despise him. Amen? We need to honor those he honors. Don't do that. Don't despise the things of God. The word honor in the Bible, in the original Hebrew language, means something weighty or something heavy. At that time, they don't pull cash out or credit card to buy something. They have a scale with two pans. So if you want to buy something, they will measure the value of that thing by using silver or coin. So anything that's heavier, more valuable, we call honor. So it's about silver and gold. It's about the value of something when you use the word honor. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Let me ask you this question. You think God's will is that we are poor forever? What is his will? He will have more than enough. I'm not saying that you have to be a millionaire, but you're going to have more than enough. He can put you in a nice place. He can increase your bank account easily. He can give you a nice car, a nice job. Not big deal for him. He wants to bless you. Everyone say, God wants to bless me. Amen. You need to understand this. God wants to bless you. He wants you to be well-to-do. He wants you to have abundance. But the key, you need to honor Him. That must have happened first. You need to honor God so that He can bless you. Amen? Hallelujah. How do we honor God? 
we cannot honor God just in our heart. We need to honor God with our mouth and with our action. Giving offering is a way to honor the Lord in a tangible way. Amen. We need to learn how to give. We're going to learn next few Sundays about how to honor the Lord. Three aspects of honoring the Lord, but we need to honor the Lord with actions, with words. And you're going to see God will begin to bless you. Amen. God will begin to open the door for you to do many things that you never imagine, never dream of, because you honor Him with your substances, with your finances, with your time, with your energy, with your life, the whole life, you honor Him. Honor Him first, and let's see what God's going to do. Amen? Don't despise God. I really encourage all of you, when you see something about God, don't take it for granted. Don't treat it as a common. Always honor Last night or Friday night, I don't remember, Pastor Joe Cruz called me. He said that, Pastor Lau, I went away for one month. That's why you never heard from me. I would say, where? Oh, I went to South Africa. Pastor Rodney called to ask me to help him in worship. And about 160,000 people got saved in that one month of revival. 160,000 people. And in my heart, I'm really honored this minister. They live their life for the gospel. They preach the gospel. People get saved. And God spoke to me, tell your church, just focus on the gospel, focus on getting people saved. Amen? And you know, he told me, after I come back to church, the church grew. Bigger. A lot of people come to the church and say, where is the pastor? He disappeared for one month. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I shouldn't disappear for one month to go preach somewhere so God can bless this church. You think it's a good idea to send me out and just go do something so God can bless the church? I'm serious. We need to string about the gospel, about the soul saved instead of, oh, poor me, bless me. We need to think about the kingdom of God. Amen. I honor this men that they live their life for the gospel. I honor that church. I honor the anointing. Every time I saw this Minister come out, I, God, I honor the anointing. They are the gift from heaven to the body of Christ in this generation. We are living in the society. Sometimes I observe when kids come into my house, when friend of my kids or something come in, they walk by me like this and run up to the room or something. And I was thinking, where is the honor around here? No one even greet me. I'm the dad of this house. No one say, hi, how are you, Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Lao Haprasit? They just walk by. What? <laughs> honor is the things of God. Amen? We need to bring this back to this society. Honor the church. Honor people. Honor people around us. Honor you know, parents. Husband, honor your wife. Talk to your wife. Honorably, wife honor the husband. We need to bring this back so that God will give us abundance, so that God will honor us back. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people promise God that 
I'm going to improve in the area of honoring. Amen. We need to honor one another. We honor God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we want to learn everything in the Bible. And we want to change. Father, I don't want to put people in this church and make them sleep. I want them to wake up and learn and grow and change. I want them to take serious about God. Father, Father, I pray, Lord, that your spirit will work in their life night and day to change, to be the doer of the word of God. And I want to see them live in abundance, Father. Live in prosperity, in success, in joy, in knowledge and wisdom. And you can say, Father, that these people are doing good in my sight. Father, Please bless everyone in this room to have the right heart, not to do the th- same thing like Eli's sons, that they will not despise the things of God and sin in the church. Father, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much.